So uh, my granddaughter is becoming a woman. Not in the sense that she's getting <laughs> that she's getting older, but she's starting to act more and more like a woman. Now I'm really going to get in hot water when I say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. So yesterday, uh, we, you know, James and uh, James, Brooke and Casey and Emmy went over to Missoula to visit some uh, family and and stuff over there. And uh, when they came back last night, Emmy was in such a just a happy-to-be-home kind of, of mood. And she wouldn't let me go. I had to come tell her, i got to go pray. I need to go pray. She said, no, no, Pappy, no, Pappy. Sit, sit that blankie. Sit, blankie. She wanted to put the blanket over us, and we'd do that, and we're playing around. And I said, Emmy, Emmy, Pastor, wait, I didn't say Pastor Dan. I was saying, I need, that Pappy needs to go pray. Pappy needs to go pray. No, Pappy, no, Pappy. They see that. They right there. And I'm like going, i got to go pray. And finally, I said, give me a kiss. And she reaches out like this. No. Pappy, stay. Now, that's not like a woman, you know, kind of manipulating the circumstances. You're going to get what you want. You got, I am so sorry. All the women say you love Pastor Dan. <laughs> I didn't hear one person say that. Well, praise the Lord. Men, how about a healthy amen? No. Yeah. Ooh. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Kirsten. I didn't mean for him to get so excited. Never mind. Hallelujah, glory to God, praise you, Jesus. Well, open your Bibles this morning. We're going to get into the Word. I'm excited about the Word. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I'm studying and God is revealing things to me, I get very excited about it because I'll just say this in I know there's some of you who haven't been here for this, uh, all of this teaching. We are talking about faith in the power of God. Faith in the power of God. And I think that so many in the church world have made it such a challenge for us, the church, to have God move in our service. For God to show up pour out his glory, and enable us to see the miraculous taking place. Now, I am of the mindset that we as Christians shouldn't have to live in that kind of realm, the miracles happening. We should be able to have those kinds of things. As a person that's living by faith, it should be something that's happening all the time in our lives anyway. But the bottom line is, is God has put in us the very same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And this power is greater than any power that's found in this earth. I'm getting so far ahead of me, I need to read my scriptures real quick, but <laughs> we're going to get into something today that's going to show you, and I don't, I'm not 100% certain where it's found in the Bible, but I, I, <laughs> the Bible says it's called the simplicity of the gospel. What has happened is religion has made living for Jesus and living by faith so difficult, and it's only for a select few. Only a few are able to reach this level of, of attainment in the spirit, and that's just simply not the case. You're going to see how simple it is, and once you see how simple it is to tap into the power of God that's in you, you're going to be excited about, okay, Okay, 
okay, glory to God. I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait for the next day. I can't wait. I, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wake up happy. I'm not going to be grumbling and complaining. Because, see, I know how I can tap into the power of God that's in me so that I can do the miraculous. Hey, do you not want to do what Jesus did? I'm not talking about his redemptive work. Nobody could replace Jesus where that was concerned. Only he could have done what he did as the spotless lamb of God. But I am talking about in every other area, Jesus came to demonstrate to us how we're supposed to live, how we're supposed to do it. And think about this. Why would he have put his power in us unless it's in us for a reason? Why is it in us? I said this at the very beginning of this teaching. Is it just a slosh around on the inside of us until we get to heaven? Or is it there for a reason? I am convinced that God is wanting us to get this revelation so that we can rise up and be the church we're supposed to be in these last days so that we can bring in this end times harvest so that we can hear that shout. Hear that trumpet blast. Rise to meet the Lord in the air. Wouldn't that be just absolutely the most incredible thing ever? In the twinkling of an eye. Boop. Man, I look good. I feel good. I mean, I, that, see, that wouldn't even do it justice, the way it's going to really feel. Have no more pains, no more aches. Glorified bodies, immortal bodies, incorruptible bodies. Glory to God. I'm getting excited thinking about it. As I've said to you before, you've been coming for any length of time. When the rapture happens, I'm going to be one of the last ones to go up because I'm going to be flying around having a good time down here. Woohoo! Glory to God. And you're like, I know some of y'all might be thinking, flying. Hey, how did Jesus go into heaven? He ascended into heaven. He was blind when he went up, friends. And the Bible says that this same Jesus, this is how we're going to be. Now, I might be simple about this kind of stuff, but see, I take the word literally. If Jesus walked through walls, I can walk through walls. Not right now. I'd bump into the wall. I mean, that's silly. But, but when I get my glorified body, if Jesus walked through walls, I can walk through walls. If Jesus could eat, I'm going to eat. I'm, I'm going to keep on eating. Oh, I'm going to really eat from the, the, when you get up there and taste that fruit up there, <laughs> it's going to be heavenly. I mean, absolutely heavenly, literally. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Go with me, please. I'm so excited about this. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. First Corinthians chapter two, you can turn there. Father, we do just commit the rest of this service to you. And we thank you so much for your spirit, the Holy Spirit who is our teacher. We're asking you right now, Holy Ghost, to lead us and guide us into the truth of the word. We're not here to further any man's plans. We're here to further your plans. We declare our hearts fertile ground for the seed and the water of the word now. And we're looking to you, Heavenly Father, for the increase. And I believe right now, by your grace, that this group of people sitting here today and those who may be watching via live stream. Oh, thank you, Jesus. By your grace, we will not just be hearers of the word, but become doers thereof. 
And because you do look over your word to perform it in our lives, we expect to be blessed, just as the Bible tells us. We give you praise and glory for this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. But in demonstration, everybody say demonstration, of the spirit and of power. How many know that demonstration is not information? I know that's a deep thought, but I really want you to catch that today. Paul was saying to these people, I'm not just here to give you some information. I'm not just here to give you, preach the word to you. I'm here to demonstrate to you that what I'm saying is true. I'm here to allow God to confirm the word that I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. Demonstrations of the spirit and of the power of God. And why was he determined to do this? Verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, we've already discussed in here about the Apostle Paul. He was a very intelligent man and and, uh, had grown up being taught the Hebrew way and uh, just was very zealous about what he believed in to the point that he was coming against the church before he got born again because he thought the church was coming against the Jewish religion. And, and, And so once he got born again, things changed dramatically in his life. He got, came to the point that his zeal and passion was no longer concerning the things that he had learned in the past. His zeal and passion was directed toward Jesus Christ and preaching his word and demonstrating his power. That became his zeal and his passion. He came to the realization, what's between my ears doesn't compare to what I can demonstrate where the power of God is concerned. That was his passion. That's what stirred him up. Glory to God. In fact, in uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3, he called all that he had learned up to that point of getting born again rubbish. And he made this declaration, and this should be all of our declaration, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This is somebody who was used mightily by God. Wrote, some people say two-thirds, some people say three-fourths of the New Testament. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. And he was still declaring, I want to know him. And I know what he's talking about. Just like what I was saying, at, you know, when the worship was still going on. It's so true. The more I come to know him, the more I want to know him. The more I fall in love with him. And it, it's, it's so incredible because not only... Do you fall more in love with him? You fall more in love with people. You fall, I, I fall in more in love with my wife. I just wrote her out a nice little, you know, anniversary card and everything else. And, and, and one, of, one of the things I said to her, I have fallen more in love with you today 
than when we first got married, when I first fell in love with you. And most people would never say something like that because a lot of times people say, well, we were really in love back then. What's happened to us? But see, when you know God, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you come to know him more, he reveals himself to you more, and you begin to fall more in love with him. And, and, and as you've heard me say before, it's an endless cycle. The more he reveals himself to you, the more you fall in love with him, the more you want to know him more. The point I'm trying to get to, he gives us a greater capacity then to love. Is that making sense? Oh, I love him so much. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. He knew he could not do what needed to be done and produce the results he was expected to produce with just his intellect and his speech skills, his ability to preach. He knew there had to be something else that was going to show the people that what he was sharing with them was true. He wanted the people to... He wanted these demonstrations of the Holy Spirit and these demonstrations of the power of God to confirm the word being preached. Shouldn't that still be the case for us as Christians? I mean, if that was Paul's mind, that was his mindset, he realized he couldn't fulfill his destiny with just mere words. He had to get a revelation of and then have faith in the power of God. And don't you think that that is exactly what it should be for you and me? We got to get just out, we got to get out of what's in here and get into here because what's in here is wanting to know more about him and wanting to see more of those demonstrations of the power of God. I got it in me. I got resurrection power in me. I said I've got resurrection power in me. I've got the Holy Ghost living in me. I believe that he is just as powerful as he always has been, and he's in me right now. Do you, oh, thank you, Jesus. I I, got to slow down. Mm. If we are to fulfill our God-given destinies, we must have faith in the power of God. I want everybody to say, I have faith in the power of God. I have faith in the power of God. Woo! I mean, do you guys believe in God? Do you really believe in God? Because if you really believe in God, then you're going to have to believe that you're going to have to also believe in his power. Because God and his power go together. You understand how I'm saying that? Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, stop and think about, oh, man, this is so good. Stop and think about creation. This universe being created. Do you think it took some pretty powerful power? Powerful power. Do you think it took some intense power to to create all the stars, to to create all the planets and place them exactly where they are? And and just everything was done through his power. And it was the power of his word. That same word that is upholding everything right now, the power of his word. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm getting so far ahead of myself, but that's all right. You got to have faith. If you, have, if you believe in God, you got to believe in his power. That's what I'm trying to get across here, guys. In order for this, this universe to have been created, it takes the God kind of power. Ooh, now, there's a whole lot of folks out there who think you and me, we're simpletons. 
Their mentality is there is no God. And, and as far as creation is concerned, it just happened. Somehow, some way, boom, there it was. That's what they believe. And, 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 and I want to say this to you real quickly. That's not science. That's a theory. There is no proof for that theory. In fact, if you stop and you consider how stupid that theory is, because think about this. It would take absolute perfection from a designer to make us the way we are. If this planet was, people have said that this, the planet Earth is the Goldilocks planet. If we had been any closer to the sun, we would burn up. If we were any, any distance further back from the sun, we'd freeze. Not too hot, not too cold, just perfect. Now, I know that's funny, but friends, do you understand that these so-called scientists and, and, and professors, they're presenting these things to their students as the truth, as fact, and nothing could be further from the truth. God created the stars with perfection. God created this earth with perfection. God created the atmosphere perfectly so we could live in this planet, so on this planet. He, we have a perfect physical body, meticulously and wonderfully made. It's beyond anything you could ever imagine, the way we are made. And it just happened. They want us to believe that, and, and get me how I'm saying this, they want us to believe that, they always tell us, yeah, it was something that perfect that happened, that enables you to go from the goo to the zoo to you. What is, you know, and again, it's funny, but it's what they're sharing with our kids. This should be the, I mean, oh my goodness gracious, how ignorant is this? Oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm getting a little bit. They want to believe... <laughs> Then all of a sudden, of course, they don't know how this happened. There was a big bang. Boosh. And out of that big bang, everything in this universe came to be perfect. Out of this big bang, everything was perfect. Let me tell you a little secret. To believe something like that is to believe something that I could take, go to, the, to a, 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 a junkyard, with all these broken down vehicles and all these scraps of metal, take a piece of dynamite, light it, and throw it in the middle of that scrapyard, and when all the dust clears, there'd be a brand new Corvette waiting for me. Perfect. Friends, I'm going to tell you a little secret. You could do that a million times, a quadrillion times, and not once will you ever get something like that. Are you hearing me? To believe that it just happened and everything's perfect, it just doesn't compute. How did it happen? It happened. Nothing perfect ever comes out of chaos. Someone, oh, someone, had to do it. Someone had to create it. And that someone is our God. Ooh, my, 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 my. He did it perfectly, perfectly. 
did it with his power. Oh, man, I tell you, the Holy Spirit just fell on me when I said that. <laughs> that same power that is now in us. <laughs> we are not supposed to be just like any other Joe Blow Center down the road. We are Christians, followers of Christ, new creations in Christ Jesus, a new species of being that never existed before. We are containers of the power of Almighty God. We are containers. The Holy Ghost is living in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is eternally defeated in this world. There is nothing that we will ever face in this world that's greater than the power that's now in us. Do you see that this is something to get excited about? And what are we supposed to do with this power? Seriously, do you not think that we should be tapping into that power to doing things that are going to glorify our God and demonstrate to this world that our God is real? I want everybody in here, and I'm talking about every one of you, to get a hold of the fact that God does not want you to be a normal human being. You are a supernatural being. But you've got God in you. You are, you've got Zoe life in you. The God kind of life. Let me see if I can repeat that a little bit slower. You've got the God kind of life in you. God's life, eternal life, Zoe life is now in us. And his power is in us. Friends, I know, listen, it seems like the church world has struggled with trying to understand how it is that we as Christians are supposed to tap into that power. They, 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 they think that we, man, we just got to pray, we got to pray, we got to pray, we got to get on our knees and pray. I'm not coming against prayer because prayer is definitely a part of it. But you know what most people's praying is? Begging. Begging God to do something. Is that the way you think God is? If you beg him enough, then he's going to move on your behalf? God expects us to live by faith. That means we see what he said in his word and we believe it, period. We trust you, God. The point I'm trying to make is, why would God put this power in us and then not give us the way to tap into that power? Why would he make it so difficult for us that only a select few have been able to just tap into it a little bit and do some incredible miracles for just a short period of time and then it just goes away? Could it be that we, the church, have allowed religion to come in and make this to be something that is unattainable for us? It shouldn't be that way. It should be something that we, as Christians, say, okay, God, you, have, you want me to get the revelation of this, this uh, um, help me, Lord, this um, Ephesians 1 prayer. This, say it again. That's not it. I thought we were on one page today, woman. No, that was a joke for those who weren't listening. Anyway, I'm going to go to it real quick. Ephesians chapter 3. 
I believe it is. No, chapter one. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is a prayer, Holy Spirit inspired prayer. We've already gone over this before, but I want to share it with you again because this is a prayer that God wants us to pray. And why would God want us to pray something that he didn't want to give us the answer to? What kind of God would he be? Not the kind of God I want to serve. <laughs> pray to me. and Pray this prayer, but I'm never going to answer it. That's not the way he is. He wants us to pray this kind of prayer so that we get what this prayer is, is asking from him. It goes like this. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant and I have in there my family and I and our church family a spirit of wisdom and of revelation, of insight into his mysteries and into his secrets, into a deep and intimate knowledge of him. By having the eyes of our hearts flooded with light so that we can know and understand the hope to which he has called us and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints. Now get this note, next part. And so that we can know and understand. Does God want us to know and understand this? What is the immeasurable and unlimited and far-surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe? God wants you to get this revelation. God wants you to get this revelation. You got the power of God in you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. There's no power like his power. There's no power like his power. It is greater than anything. Greater than any challenge. Greater than any attack of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Woo. This creative resurrection power. Creative resurrection power. This creative resurrection power is in us. And he put, us, put it in there for a reason. It's in us and for us who believe. Do you, does anybody out there besides me believe? Do you believe? Do you believe what the Bible says? Mm, thank you, Jesus. Is there any problem that the power of God can't fix? Is there anything too hard for the Lord and his power to do? Could you be so far in debt and, and, and so messed up fi financially with, with absolutely nothing you can do in the natural when all of a sudden you come in contact with the power of God and it could change your circumstances like that and you could get completely 100% out of debt <laughs> and have your financial situation better than it's ever been in your life. Is that possible? Do you believe that if the doctor told you you had a week or two weeks to live, you had terminal disease, and everything the doctors have tried has failed, and they look you in the eye and say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. We'll, 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 we'll try to make it better for you so you don't have to feel anything that you're going through. Do you believe that if that person came in contact with the power of God, the healing power of God, that that person could be healed instantly from the top of their head to the soles of their feet and everything in between. Do you believe the power of God could do that? Is that power in you? Should you not be being used by God to do those kinds of things? 
Oh, hallelujah. I I'm getting happy. See, what the world tells you is impossible. Oh, we should get excited. Because, see, there is nothing impossible with God. You want to know why? Because there's nothing greater than his power. There's nothing the power of God will ever face. There's no sickness or disease. There's no form of poverty or lack. There's no bondage that's greater than the power of God that's in you. There's nothing greater than the power of God that's in you. If we get this revelation, do you think that when the next time this may, something might happen, this world's, we're going to have tribulation. Jesus said so. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be a good cheer up, overcome the world. And, and, but the bottom line is we're going to be faced with those things. And listen, I'm going to start by putting a little addendum on the front of this. I don't have any problems with, with my church calling me when they're dealing with stuff. We want to be able to join our faith with you. But the point I'm trying to get across, if you get this revelation that the power of God is in you, when you're being faced with a serious situation, the first thing that comes to mind is, glory to God, I got the power of God in me. That's not bigger and greater than this power in me. You have got to say, God, I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm not going to back off of it till I see results. I got your power in me. Power. Ooh, I just had to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, do you really believe God wants to move in the earth today? God is moving in many places. But do you not think that should be happening throughout the world? And do you not think that it should be happening all the time? <laughs> do you know what's holding up the rapture of the church? The church. Because we're not out there doing what he's told us to do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go with me to John 14. I want to look at what the Bible tells us we need to do in order to tap into the power of Almighty God so that we can do the miraculous. How many want to know about this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John 14. Jesus is speaking here. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Now, what does that mean? He who has my commandments. Obviously, if a person has his commandments, they've heard what he has said. Correct? And notice, and does them, keeps them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and what? Manifest myself to him. That word manifest means to appear, to reveal, to show, to exhibit. Notice that when those who love Jesus, how many of you love Jesus? talking about you here's the lord's commandments and then does what the lord has said for you to do told you to do he will manifest himself to them to you he will reveal himself to you he will appear to you he's going to, how is he going to do that with manifestations of the spirit and the power of god are you listening oh so what's the key to activating the power of God, we must hear from Jesus. And right there is probably the biggest challenge for most people. They don't take the time to hear from Jesus. And when we hear from him, we must do what he tells us to do. 
Can it be that simple, Pastor Dan? Oh, it is. As I mentioned at the very beginning, this is not some big, giant theological discourse. This is simple. Hear from God. Do what he tells you to do. Hear from God. Do what he tells you to do. <laughs> Go with me to Mark 16. This is known as the Great Commission. Who is the one who has commissioned us and authorized us to perform certain duties and tasks in his name? Who is the one that has commissioned us? Jesus. The Great Commission comes from Jesus to his followers. Are you a follower of Jesus? This is for you. And I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation, so if you don't have the Passion, you can look up here. And he, Jesus, said to them, as you go into all the world, everybody say all the world. Does all the world mean all the world? I know, I, I, I know, we, we have this mentality, oh, it's gonna, it might happen over there. It might happen over here. But it's never going to happen here in this place. And that is such a falsehood. He said to go where? All the world. All the world. All the world. Preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the how much of the human race? The entire human race. Now notice, whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. I want to stop right there. How many of you have gotten saved before? Do you realize that being saved is a demonstration of the power of God? In fact, I might say this. I am convinced that being saved is probably the greatest demonstration of the power of God. Because, see, our spirit man on the inside, before we got born again, didn't need to be healed. It needed to be born again. But what did happen when you said, you heard the gospel, you heard the gospel message, you heard from God, and you responded to it, you did it, you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what happened? Kabam! The power of God hit your spirit, and you were born again. What am I trying to get across here? Every single one of you not only has had contact with the power of God, you have had it demonstrated in your very own life. And I'm going to tell you this. The exact same way that you got born again is the exact same way that you activate the power in all other areas. Oh, Pastor Dan, it can't be that easy. It is. It is. Hallelujah. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany who? Those who believe. Believe in what? The words of Jesus. The gospel message of Jesus. What he has said right here as far as the Great Commission is concerned. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. That's the power of God on display. They will speak in tongues. That's the power of God on display. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poison. Again, that's the power of God on display. And they will lay their hands on the sick and heal them. That's the power of God on display. You hear the words of Jesus. 
He is commissioning you to go into all the world, preach the gospel to those people, and then have these accompanying signs. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, glory to God. Notice verse 20, Mark 16, 20. And again, this is from the Passion. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Am I the only one that gets real excited about that? See, God is in the confirming business. Having accompanying signs and wonders should not be something that's rare. The reason that it does not happen as much as it should be is because of religion, stinking religious thinking that has come up with the idea that God will move sometimes and God may not. It's all up to God. No, it's up to us who believe. If you hear from God and you do what he's telling you to do, you can expect for him to move on your behalf. Oh, glory to Jesus. Isn't that what happened here? They went out in obedience to Jesus. Everywhere they went and preached the gospel was accompanied with miracle signs. The power of God was activated in them to cast demons out in his name. The power of God was activated in them to enable them and others to speak in tongues. The power of God was activated in them to keep them supernaturally protected from snakes. Remember Apostle Paul shaking off the, the snake in the fire and any other kind of poison. And the power of God was activated to heal the sick. Did they ever question for a moment whether they were supposed to be doing these things? Oh, thank you, Jesus. They heard from Jesus, and they simply did what Jesus told them to do. And when they did what Jesus told them to do, it activated power, the power of God in them to bring to pass what they were doing. Go with me in conclusion to John chapter 2. I'm almost done. <laughs> who, who laughed like that? <laughs> Gary. This is so good. This is so good. Are you with me still? Everybody good? I'm not going to go much longer. John 2 verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Now, many believe that Mary was the one that was, uh, what's the word, uh, handling the, the wedding ceremony and the, the you know, uh, what is it called, the reception afterwards and stuff. And so she looks at Jesus and says, hey, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now, why would Jesus say that to her? I want you to hear this because I am convinced at this point in time, Jesus, get how I'm saying this. Don't, don't, don't miss what I'm saying here. I don't think Jesus was supposed to start his miracles off here. But Jesus knew if somebody acted the way they were supposed to act, hear from him and then do, they were going to tap into that power, the power of God that was in him. And, and, and so uh, Jesus says, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, here it is, summed up in one sentence, whatever he says to you, do it. Right there. 
That is how you have a mirror. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do it. Oh, thank you. Now, where did this miracle actually start, however? Did it start right then? No, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I want you to get this. When Mary said that to them, all the eyes then turned to Jesus. How is Jesus going to respond to what his mother just said? Notice verse 6. Now, there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons of water. I pick up our Culligan bottle, five gallons of water to put it up on our Culligan machine, and it's heavy. This, these pots contain how much? 20 to 30 gallons. That's four to five times heavier than what ours are. Are you listening? Heavy, heavy. When they were carrying this water, <laughs> Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, isn't it true that whatever Jesus said, he said that whatever I said, what I say, help me, Lord, I always say what I hear the Father say, and I always do what I hear the Father do. So Jesus obviously had to have heard from his Father. And this is the words of God, fill the water pots with water. That's when the miracle starts right here. Glory to God. They heard from Jesus. These servants heard from Jesus. Fill those pots up with water. In the very moment they got out there, losing my place here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Did they do what Jesus told them to do? They acted upon the words of God. They, act, they acted upon the, the faith that came as the result of what Jesus said to them. Are you hearing me? They go out there and they fill the water pots, 30 to 20 to 30 gallons of water. They go out in obedience to him. So it, it probably took at least two servants per pot to carry those big old things. And they're probably, they're probably straining to get it back in there, but they filled them up to the brim. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, he's fixing to speak the word of God again, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. Now, why in the minds of these servants would Jesus tell them to draw some of this water out of this pot and take it to the, to the, the person that was over this, this, this place, the master of the feast? Think about that. Why are we going to take him a, 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 a swig of water that we just went and got from the well? They might have had these questions running through their head, and they probably did, but did they do it? Did they do it? Faithful work in your heart with doubts in your head. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. They did what they were told to do. They took it to the mass. They took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. And again, put yourself in the place of these servants. They filled the pots up with water. Now the, head of the master of this, of this uh, feast, he's saying, hey, 
this good wine from? And they're thinking, wine? This wasn't wine. We just put water in there. Their obedience to do what Jesus told them to do released the power of God to turn water into wine. They simply heard from Jesus and did what he told them to do. And notice this right here, this miracle, this sign and wonder, it wasn't a a, a miracle for healing, was it? It wasn't a, a, a miracle for deliverance, was it? I mean, in reality, what was this? This was, this was just something, you know, a part of a wedding. Friends, I'm going to tell you something. God cares about those things in your life. And if you'll just simply hear from him and do what he asks you to do, oh, he'll get into the things that others might think are minimal and not that big of a deal, but they're a big deal to you. And as a result, he's going to move on your behalf. Glory to Jesus Hallelujah. So the beginning of every, no, excuse me, I skipped verse 11. Almost done. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and notice the next part, and manifested his glory. Hear from Jesus, do what he tells you to do, the glory is manifested. The power of God is demonstrated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, the beginning of every, every miracle is not in to go into confession mode, nor is it to go in prayer mode. It's to go into, I, the beginning of miracle, every miracle is to hear from him. Now, obviously, this is where prayer comes in. You have got to take time. Now, I know that's the word that drives people crazy. I don't want to have to take time. We live in a fast world. I want everything to happen fast, fast, fast. But do you want to see the miraculous happen in your life? Then you need to take time to get on your knees and go before him. And when you get on your knees and go before him, you need to be expecting to hear from him. And the very moment he speaks to your heart to do something, don't question it, do it. Because when you do it, it taps into the power of God in you to bring to pass what it is that you're doing. Miracles, signs and wonders. Are you getting this? Is this difficult? Now, there are going to be times he's going to ask you to do something. Now, get this, he's going to ask you to do something that's beyond you, or it might be strange to you. It might go against the, the societal norms. If you do it in obedience to him, you wait and see what he's going to do. Hear from God. Do what he says to do. Equals miracles and signs and wonders. Demonstrations of the power of God. Glory to God. I tell you, uh, next week, the Lord willing, if the Lord wants me to go that route, I can show you other instances in the Bible where this happened. And if we can get this mindset in us that the power of God is in me for a reason, I am supposed to be tapping in to the power of God that's in me. All I got to do is hear from him and then do what he's telling me to do. Do you know the Bible says faith without works is dead? Faith without corresponding actions is dead. You got to do what he tells you to do. Because see, when you hear from him, faith comes. But if you don't do anything with that faith, you're not going to get results. God might tap you on the shoulder. Say, I want you to give $1,000 to that person, to that church, to that ministry. And in your mind, you're thinking, I can't do that. 
I ain't got the money to do that. Look at, I got a bills coming up, and there's only $1,126.26, and you're wanting me to give $1,000? How many times have you heard me say, God will never ask you to do something that sets you up for failure? God is setting you up to be blessed. See how I'm saying this? I'm saying that for a reason. I'm sharing that for a reason. Because again, just because he's asking you to do something doesn't mean it's always going to be something your flesh wants to do. Hello? Follow your heart. God, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand what you're asking me to do. But I trust you. Because I trust you, I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. You get like that. Oh, my goodness. The miracles and the signs and wonders are going to be coming out and happening in such a greater way and a greater measure than ever before. I was just, last thought, I was thinking about Azusa Street again. And William Seymour was the, was the minister that was used. Do you know what William Seymour would do in his services? He would come out with a box on his head. He'd come out with a box on his head and sit down. And the people would be worshiping Jesus and having a good time. And then he would take it off, set it down, and the miracle started to flow. Do you know when Azusa Street stopped? He stopped wearing the box. The Lord told him to put that box on his head. Why? He was humbling him under his mighty hand. He was directing him. I don't want the focus to be on you. I want the focus to be on me. I want the focus to be on my power. That's why he had the box on his head. Don't look at me. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. When you do what he tells you to do, you can expect to get the results. He looks over his word to perform it in our lives. But if you say, ah, I, I can't do that, don't expect to be used by God. Don't expect to tap into the power of God on your behalf. I, I, I want this. I want this for you. I want this for this church. I want this for my family and me. I want to see the signs and wonders and miracles. And it's not some long, drawn-out thing. Prayer is important. We need to be praying. But we don't have to sit there for this amount of time, X amount of hours, and then all of a sudden, whoo, there it is. It's in you already. The power of God's already in you. Hear from him. Then do, and you will experience his power. Are y'all getting this this morning? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we come now in Jesus' name. We thank you so much for the way you love us, for believing in us, for choosing us to be a part of your family. I believe, Lord God, our best days are before us because I believe this is a group of people that are going to get this revelation. Be determined to hear from you. And then, by your grace, step out and do what you're telling them to do. And as a result, the power of God in us will be activated, will be set off to bring to pass whatever it is we're believing you to do. Glory to God. We expect these things to happen, Father. All for your glory and all for your honor. You're wanting to do a quick work in the earth today. To reach this lost and dying generation that's out there without you, without Jesus. And Lord God, we're not going to reach them with just mere words. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that our faith will not be in the words of human wisdom. But our faith will be in you and in your word and in your power that is now in us. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There will be great challenges in the earth today, greater than, than you could have ever imagined. For the darkness is growing darker. And you will see things taking place in the streets throughout this country. And in your soul, you will be challenged by these things. But in your heart, you will know. You will know this is why I'm here. This is why I'm on this earth today. To go out into this dark world and make a difference for Jesus Christ. To let my light shine before all men. And to tap into the power of God to do whatever the Lord is speaking to my heart to do. And what you will see will be greater than what the, what the darkness is causing to happen. Ooh, yes. And many will see and many will come to know who I am. Become a part of my family just as you are. And you will see the miraculous taking place. Not just in that place or over there. But right here in this place, in your lives, in your sphere of influence, miracles, signs and wonders, yes, through your hands, as you proclaim the anointed gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you hear from me and then do what I'm instructing you to do, miracles, miracles, miracles. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. And they will know that the word that you shared with them is being confirmed right before them. They will see and know that I am real, that I do care for them, that I do love them. And it is at that point in time they will fall to their knees and want to know me, to receive me, to get born again. Hallelujah. And this end times harvest will come in. And there will be a lot of shouting and rejoicing as you rise to meet me in the air. Oh, what a glorious day. A day unlike any other. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this word, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for this word, Lord. Signs and wonders and miracles. Hallelujah. We have a power in us greater than anything in this world. Power of and from the Spirit of God that's in us. God's power. Creative power. Resurrection power that's now in us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you now for all of these wonderful things. Just real quickly, with eyes closed, nobody looking around. I know we're Christians in this place, but if anybody in here has been doing things you know you shouldn't be doing and you need to come home to the Father's house, get right with God. This isn't time to grovel. He's not beating you up. He's not condemning you. He loves you, and he's wooing you back to him. If I'm speaking to you and you need to get right with the Lord, again, nobody's looking around but me. I just want you to simply raise your hand up and I'm going to pray with you. Anybody in here say, that's me, Pastor Dan. I need to get right with the Lord. Come back to the Father's house. Hallelujah. I don't see any hands, so look up. I want to thank you for coming out today. Thank you for drawing on the anointing. I trust that you got as much as I got out of preaching it because this is some good stuff.
God is wanting to do some great things in the earth, and he's wanting to do some great things through us, the body of Christ. Amen? Father, I pray a special blessing on everyone here. Just believe in Lord God that these next few days, they're going to experience you in a greater way than ever before. Reveal yourself to them in a greater way than ever before. Reveal these truths that we've covered today. Reveal them to our hearts. May it become so real to us. And get so we get so passionate about this that we seek you all the more and want to know you in a greater way than ever before. May our zeal and our passion be to live for Jesus, sold out to him, and make a difference in this world for him. Lord, I pray for divine protection as everybody goes their way now. Take everybody back safely home. The Clettys going back home to uh, Missoula. All of us going back to our homes here. We thank you, Lord God. Bring everybody back safely Wednesday night for the Bible study, Thursday for the women's Bible study, and next Sunday for the next service. We thank you for this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.